Hello, everyone. Welcome to the River Zoom Sunday service. We are so glad you could make it today. Last Sunday, I talked about how true faith should make a positive difference in life. And I'd like to continue with that theme for a while. And today's topic is how can faith help us with anxiety? Because it feels like such a relevant topic right now, right? Anxiety? It's the pandemic. How can we not feel some level of anxiety? COVID crisis started last spring, and it just doesn't end, does it? It came out of nowhere and upended the whole world, and we are still caught up in it. And the harm it caused is not limited to severe illness and deaths. CDC has reported significant increase in anxiety and depressive disorder during the pandemic. In a study covering almost a million people, about half of all adults in America reported anxiety or depressive disorder. Half! And those of us who wouldn't report having anxiety disorder, still, it's been stressful. I think it's safe to say most of us have struggled with anxiety to some degree in the past year. And who can blame us? Life can be quite stressful. It's unpredictable, uncontrollable, and we can feel small and powerless. And it's not just COVID. There are a whole host of reasons to feel anxious at times in life. Money, for example. Has money ever made you anxious? I mean, who hasn't? And even if you are financially okay for now, what if something happens? What if you get downsized? So many things to worry about. Anxiety is natural. At the same time, being anxious doesn't really help, does it? Not really. I have never experienced anxiety contributing to solving my problems. On the contrary, it brought more problems like upset stomach and tight backs, which I can't really afford with all my back problems. Anxiety, research has shown, literally shortens your life and can make you sick. Now, for those of us who are suffering from anxiety disorder, that's a medical condition. You can't help but be anxious, in which case, what you need is probably professional care and medication. But even then, faith can help. Faith that God loves you, sees you as worthy, not that everything will work out, but that we are worthy, that God sees us, God walks with us. How can such faith not help? with anxiety. Did you know that the most frequent command in the New Testament is 
Do not be anxious or afraid. 365 times. One for every day in a year. It's like daily vitamin. Something you pop in. Don't be anxious or don't be afraid. This is worth noting because what God cares about gets repeated in the Bible. And what is repeated in the Bible is not what is commonly assumed. We might assume that what is important to God is living the clean, righteous life. And that's a good thing. So we are used to thinking of spiritual growth and disciplines as learning the Bible, praying a lot, resisting temptation, living a straight life. But what the New Testament really emphasizes is stuff like don't be anxious. Now that's much harder, in my opinion. Have you tried to not be anxious when you are? Good luck with that. That usually makes me even more worried. But we must find a way to live with less anxiety. Because worrying is bringing some future scenario that hasn't happened yet into today, into the reality of today, and suffering its effects, something that hasn't even happened yet, that's not even real yet, at least. Why suffer now for what hasn't happened? This is how life gets less real how we get sucked into distorted reality. God exists only in reality. You can't find God in distorted reality. That's why anxiety is such an enemy of faith and really bad for life. I was given an article by a friend a couple years back. The, artic the article was about the regrets of the old people as they looked back on their life. If there was one thing they could do differently, what would that be? Number one answer was that they would not have wasted so much time being anxious. That's the kind of wisdom we need to take to heart. Because towards the end of life, what is important comes into focus. You can see clearly how you should have lived. So let's find a way to worry less. Faith can help. A passage from the book of Hebrews contains great wisdom on how to live with less anxiety. It says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not worry what can bring me down. First, the love of money. Now I like money. How about you? Money is useful. It can do a lot of good. So we need to be wise with money. Budget, save, spend wisely. By the way, we recommend saving 10%, giving away 10%, and living on 80%. And all that takes planning. That's all good. But the problem is, 
we can end up obsessing about money when we can't stop thinking about money when it runs into our family time our sleep time our relational time with God and other people that's not good that's a sign that anxiety about money will never end for you because love of money is about more than practical benefits did you know that research shows that people always need 20% more even multi-millionaires need 20% more to feel financially secure isn't that interesting it's not about financial security that causes love of money just look at the billionaires competing with each other for the biggest yachts trying to prove to the world that you're the best the most successful most worthy of being admired that shows us love of money is about more than having enough to live on it's about identity in our hyper competitive culture today success and wealth can signal your worth and status it shows the world you made it you're better than all the other chums who didn't succeed especially in this age of social media and Facebook people put up posts of perfect vacations great houses great cars we consciously or subconsciously rank each other with measures of success this is yet another manifestation of fruit of knowledge of good and bad that gets used to rank yourself and others to define who's in who's out to exclude to categorize according to some arbitrary measure whether that's success or beauty or skin color or even righteousness it can all be weaponized to look down on people to exclude people to alienate and hurt people that that judging and categorizing uh, in order to rank people and exclude people that's the original sin according to the Bible it's in all of us we are all caught up in this rat race this treadmill of competing with each other to prove we are worthy because deep inside we all feel inadequate in who we are as we are just as described in Genesis chapter 3 we become compelled to cover up who we are with some outward trappings something that makes us look good feel good to show the world we're good enough to reassure ourselves in our heads we are good enough that's why love of money can become the root of all evil it connects to the original sin it will produce never-ending pride greed envy gluttony not gluttony is not just about food but hoarding what we use to measure ourselves and others that way lies never-ending anxiety because when will we ever be good enough 
that's a deep hole in the heart that will not get filled up with outward trappings. That's why anxiety, in most cases, is about more than having enough to survive. We get anxious about failing expectations, our own expectations, society's expectations, the voices in our heads, maybe from our parents from long ago, expectations. There's no solution to such anxiety. That's why the passage says, be content with what you have. This doesn't mean we should stop trying to better our circumstances. Just be content where we are and never make an effort to have better circumstances. No! I want you to make an effort to better everything about your circumstances. Whatever you can do to make life better and easier for yourself, do it. I will be happy for you. But do it from the standpoint of being happy and content with who you are and where you are. That actually gives you much better chance of succeeding, in fact. The motivation matters. It should not be because you are so unhappy and you just have to fill up this hole in your heart and that drives you to succeed. No. It should be because you are secure in yourself, because you see yourself as worthy, because you are content with your value. That's why you want to treat yourself well, treat yourself properly because you are worthy, you want to have good circumstances because you are valuable, not because you lack. To take care of yourself strive to succeed in life. That's a good motivation. Not to fill up your insecurity. Not to prove you are good enough. Because in faith, you are already good enough because of the cross. Not because of whether you fail or succeed or anything to do with you. God pronounced you as equivalent in worth to the life of God incarnate. Let that be the final word. Live by faith. Faith says trust in God who says I will never leave you or forsake you. This doesn't mean all our problems will disappear if only we have strong faith. That's not how faith works. God is not a magic genie. We will suffer in this world. Jesus promised suffering for his followers. But death and suffering is not the final word in faith. Resurrection is, hope is, love is, and no circumstances can bring down these wonderful declarations of faith. I will not worry what can bring me down. Amen. Now this can sound like a bravado. Because lots of things can actually bring us down, right? I myself don't have enough spiritual muscles to get through life without anxiety, feeling like there are lots of things out there that can get me. 
That's why we need to invest in spiritual life. That's why church is necessary. Building up faith muscles is necessary because it's no fun living life constantly harried by anxiety. But I promise you this. If you turn to God and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you up with the love of God, we will be empowered to grasp the height and the depth of the love of God for each and every one of us. That is promised. God's presence is unmistakable. It calms your heart. It brings peace. It brings awe. It brings perspective. You will experience this deep sense of contentment and assurance in your heart that comes with God's presence. This is why robust prayer life is helpful. You will feel lifted up. And ironically, that will help you achieve more of your dreams, more of your goals. Again, this is not to say if you turn to God, everything will turn out just fine. You'll have nothing to worry about. You will win the lottery. Checks will start appearing in your mailbox. Miraculously, I only wish. No, that's not what's going to happen. But what the passage says here can happen. Your anxiety can go down. So try repeating this line this week, every day, like a daily vitamin. The Lord is my helper. I will not worry. What can bring me down? Repeat this line as many times as you can this week. Take a walk. Turn your attention to God. See what happens. That's my practical suggestion for today. Another suggestion is try to identify and eliminate toxic expectations in your head. We all live with lots of expectations in our head from childhood, from the society, from our own self, and our identity, our self-worth, how we feel about ourselves. It's largely influenced by expectations and judgments in our heads. For example, I hate to be late. I get sweaty on my palm when I'm running late, even a couple minutes. And I justify my stress as being considerate of other people's time, but it's really about my own toxic expectations. My dad was huge into being on time. That got into my head. Subconsciously, I judged, I judged people who are late to be bad people, less worthy, not considerate. So I built my identity on being on time, and that identity gets threatened if I'm running even a couple minutes late. That's not about being considerate. I mean, who cares about a couple minutes, right? So that's more about my identity, my toxic expectations, my eating of the fruit of knowledge of good and bad. Just as love of money is not about having enough to live on, this kind of expectations, uh, this kind of dynamic, there's a lot going on in our spirits and our souls. Just to be clear, being on time is a good thing. 
when we reopen as a church, please be on time, okay? It's a good thing. But if that's what makes you a worthy person, that's toxic. We will never escape anxiety that way. That's sad. This is where Christian faith can help us. Because our faith says our identity is in the cross. Our worth is wrapped up in our faith that God became a human being and died for each and every one of us. So, the work of faith involves freeing ourselves from identities based on things like money and success or Instagram fame or whatnot. So what are some expectations that make up your worth, your identity? Successful provider? Good worker? Good mom? Funny and charming? Take a bit of time and think through what kind of expectations are in your heads and are they toxic in any way? Has any of these internal expectations made you anxious, make you feel afraid of shame and humiliation as you anticipate failure? At such times, be a good friend to yourself. When you get worried, Anticipating failure and shame, be kind to yourself. Treat yourself like a good friend would. Imagine, what would a good friend say to you? Or imagine if your good friend was going through such a dynamic. What would you say to them? How would you be a good friend to them? Well, turn it around and say those things to yourself. Yeah, failing is no fun, but at least be a good friend to yourself through life. Because God is a good friend to you, and life is not long. It will end. It's not like we can live forever in this world. It's not like we can avoid cancer if we are rich and successful. A lot of life is random and short. But our worth is secure in Christ. So let's live by faith. I will not worry what can bring me down. Let's waste less time worrying about things. That will ironically increase our chances of success and lengthen even our life. It will help us develop stress resiliency it will help us maintain hope and confidence through ups and downs of life. And this is how we enter the Father's feast with joy, with faith, and God's love deep in our hearts. Amen. Now, I would love to discuss all this with you, so please stick around for our Zoom Sunday discussions at 1145. And if you're watching from YouTube, please try checking out our Zoom service at 11. It's fun to worship together and then discuss the sermon together. Please join us. God bless. Mm -hmm.